0: 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, would you look, if you would please, with me at verse number 23. Are you ready? The Bible tells us this. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. So he's speaking, It's kind of wrapping up the book of 1 Thessalonians. Apostle Paul's writing here. He has already most likely made himself to Corinth. He's in Corinth and he is or maybe Athens, and written them back a letter. And he says to them, and may the very God of peace, by the way, do you have that God of peace in you? Do you trust him? Do you have, would your, would your wife, would your husband, would your kids, would your uh, dad or mom say, that's a peaceful young man I got right there. They're at peace with God. He said, let the very God of peace, that's one of the things about God that we'll thank God for, is that he is a peaceful God. And he can bring peace that passeth all understanding to our hearts and lives. He said, may it keep you holy. That means every part of you. And he's going to name three parts. Would you look at it with me if you would please? Sanctify you holy. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming Of our Lord Jesus Christ. Usually, when someone says, uh, Oh, you know, we're a three-part being, they almost always say body, soul, and spirit. I'm not sure why we say that. But uh, I, I do see that when God mentions it, He always says spirit, soul, and body. That's how He says it here. And I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about trying to learn to rule our spirit. The spirit needs to be the boss to some extent. I'm not talking just about God's Holy Spirit, but certainly our spirit becomes alive and we accept Jesus Christ. Now, everybody, even without Christ, they still have a spirit about them. They have a certain uh, fortitude or a will that they have. You have it and I have it. But whenever we get saved, our spirit becomes alive and now it is subject to the Holy Spirit. When I got saved, the Holy Spirit of God came inside of me, according to Ephesians chapter 1. And the Holy Spirit now wants to control John Wilkerson. He wants to control you if you're a child of God. If you're listening tonight, you're not sure if you were to die, you'd go to heaven. Listen, you need to look right here and let somebody help you know for sure when life's over, you'll go to heaven. Help you find peace with God. Make sure you don't go into eternity with your sin, but you go into eternity with God's Son. God loves you and he wants you to have eternal life. And if you're not sure about that, hang on a minute. I want to help you with that. It's very important. But those of us who've accepted Jesus as our Savior, if we're not careful, we still live a soul-led life. See, Pastor, what do you mean by that? We live a life... Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. It's how we think, it's how we, what we feel, and it's, and it's what we want. And that determines our, our life. That's a dangerous way to live. It's a regretful way to live. And we're just a ball of feelings, a ball of our feelings and our thinkings and our desires. And when that is happens, uh, we got some real problems. We're looking for a train wreck. We're just, an oppor- we're just an accident looking for an opportunity. So I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about learning to understand our spirit, and then I hope to maybe get to a few thoughts about learning to rule our spirit. While you're looking, you and take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 16, would you? Proverbs chapter 16. I'm going to read this verse, these two verses, then we'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll continue in our message tonight, just for a few moments, not going to preach long, and I think it's just going to be one, I'll preach on it now, and I'll probably preach on it next Wednesday night, uh, maybe just a two-part series, but I think it can help us. Have you noticed that people are a little bit wound up tight, a little grumpy, <laughs> a little, little harsh, discontented, nervous, fearful, frustrated? Have you noticed that? I've noticed that. But for a child of God, that should not be the way we are. You're biting your nails down to your fingers, and you're all upset and frustrated with the world and and complicated. And by the way, Mama, if you're that way, the kids are going to be that way. Sir, if you're that way, the family's going to be that way. You've got to calm down. You've got to seek, Lord, how can I get my spirit under control? How can I rule it? Let's look real quickly at at, uh, Proverbs chapter 16. And I want you to think about this with me. I'll not give you all that you need to know about this. I've been studying it, thinking about it, saturating my mind on it, kind of uh, uh, putting my heart and thinking about this, asking some other people, what do you think? Uh, But I want you to look at it. Verse number 32, read it out loud with me, would you please? He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Can we read it again? It's going to contrast losing your temper, getting angry fast, with someone who rules or controls or calls the shots on his spirit. Let's read it again, verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that rules his spirit than he that taketh a city. Now, chapter 25. Would you look there? Proverbs chapter 25. Please don't just zone out. Turn your Bible there. If you're on your home... At your home, at the kitchen table, or you're looking on your phone, or you're listening on the radio, turn there to Proverbs 25, and I want you to look at verse number 28. Proverbs 25 and verse number 28. Let's read it together. He that uh, that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. One more time. Can we read it again? He that is hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Let's pray together. Father, for the few moments that we'll share just a little bit of time around this topic, would you help me? Would you help me to help those that I believe are listening tonight and are watching this evening? Uh, they don't need to hear from me. You don't need me, but I need you. And and uh, Lord, we need your word to saturate and marinate our heart. Help it to be what it ought to be. I pray you give us wisdom, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. What is it that affects somebody's spirit? What affects your spirit? What affects my spirit? How are some ways that we, our spirit is manifested? The Bible's clear, and he says here that we're supposed to rule our spirit. Uh, I think of ruling, I think of an umpire. Or a, a referee in a basketball game. He will rule the game. He calls the shots. He says, that's a foul. That's a strike. That's a foul ball. You're out. Whatever. The, ref, the referee, the umpire, he's calling the shots. He is ruling the game. And you know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to call the shots for our spirit. And our spirit, I don't know exactly how to define that in every way. You've heard in uh, Psalm 51, the Bible says, Create in me a new heart or a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, God tells us through the Apostle Paul to Timothy. He tells them very clearly. He he says, I want you to be an example to the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, in faith. In spirit and in purity. He tells him real quickly, I want you to be an example in your spirit. Even on the cross, the one of the last things the Lord Jesus said is, In to thy hands I commend my spirit. I don't know exactly how to find the word spirit. I've looked at several definitions. Some of it says the wind or the breath of. Uh, but I think it really speaks to a person's fortitude or strength or will. And uh, that, is, uh, that is needs to be developed. The Bible reminds us in, in the book of Proverbs several things about the spirit. The Bible says a broken spirit. Who can bear? So a spirit can be broken. The Bible tells us about a faithful spirit. In uh, Proverbs 11, verse number 13, if you're marking things in your Bible, Proverbs 11:13, 13, you can see that the Bible says that that um, that uh, a, a tailbearer reveals secrets, but a faithful spirit will conceal a matter. Someone who has a faithful will or a fortitude, you know, when you know something negative about somebody or a secret, It takes some real strong spirit not to tell somebody. How many times have I verbalized something I knew I shouldn't have told? I knew, I well, you know, don't, don't tell anybody, but I know this. I've done that. I think you've done that. But the Bible says that a man with a faithful and strong spirit will not blab something negative about somebody else. A tailbearer. Now he goes out and he just tells everybody all the negative. He has no, he has no uh, filter on his mouth. No filter on her mouth. She just says what she wants to say. I don't care. I just say what I want to say. That's a tailbearer. You know what that? That strength is small. That spirit is not faithful. A faithful spirit concealeth the matter. It kind of, it kind of covers it. it doesn't cover sin, but it doesn't air out other people's problems and negative things. And I've had that problem, and I imagine you have too. But he said, a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Here's another thing the Bible says about the spirit. He calls it a hasty spirit. He tells us here that he that is hasty of spirit will exalt folly. And this is in Proverbs chapter 14 verse 29. In chapter 14, 29, he says, he that is hasty in spirit Exalted folly. And that basically means folly is sinful, wasteful, vain, living. And somebody who has a hasty spirit, somebody who is who is uh, not controlled, they complicate matters with their sin. They lose their temper. It's contrasted with losing your temper or not able to control your spirit. But we see that in the grocery stores. We see that in the parking lots. We see that everywhere. If somebody comes too close to someone, hey, what are you doing? Heard about a man, he stumbled up to the post office the other day and, and he hit the glass with his box he was trying to put up there and the lady behind him went off on him. Hey, what are you doing? Here's an older gentleman trying to mail a box, getting chewed out by the postal, postal worker and not understanding what all happened there. Boy, just amazing. But you know what's on the inside comes out under pressure. It's like a teabag syndrome. But what's on the inside of that teabag comes out when you put some hot water on it. You know what comes out of me? What comes out of me? What's inside of me when pressure comes on. If you have a sponge and you wipe up some 7-Up, some and all of a sudden you come along and you push on that sponge, guess what comes out? 7-Up. Whatever's on the inside comes out under some pressure. Our world is receiving some pressure. How are you doing? How are you handling this? And if you're not, what's your spirit like? Is your spirit hasty? Is it a faithful spirit? Oftentimes I think that our spirit is not being, uh, we're not calling the shots. We're letting the soul call the shots. How I think, what I want, and how I feel about things. So God tells us there's a faithful spirit. Someone who has the fortitude to keep their mouth shut, especially about things that will be hurtful to other people. Some folks, we just got the gift of criticism. <laughs> we just think we have to criticize everybody. You know what? I think it reveals a weakened spirit. Not a faithful spirit, but an unfaithful spirit. Then a hasty spirit brings complications. Listen, when you lose your temper, you're hurting people around you. You're hurting the name of Christ. I'm hurting. The, I hurt my family hurt my children. I hurt the church family. I hurt the testimony of Christ. When I do not control my spirit, I'm hasty and I and I foster more folly and more complications. You've heard me say before, sin complicates life. Watch out for your spirit. The Bible tells us another spirit in the book of Proverbs. You can find it in chapter 15. It's a broken spirit. Let's look at chapter 15, verse 13. I think it'd be good for us to see this. Would you... Would you join me? Would you not be lazy? Not be negligent? Find it there. Chapter 15, verse number 13. He says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. So when someone has a merry heart, it usually is manifested in the sparkle in their eyes and the smile on their face. Uh, someone has a, a heart that's right and clean, and when the heart is pure, the vision's clear. And truthfully, it, ought to, it if you're happy and you, know it, your face should surely show it. He said, a a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But then the Bible tells us we're talking about the Spirit here. Look what it says in verse 13. But by the sorrow of heart, the Spirit is broken. You know, some of us, we've gone through some difficult times. We found out that our low places have a basement. We found out it's difficult being us sometimes. And sometimes the Bible tells us the sorrow of heart breaks our spirit. It weakens our ability, our fortitude, our will. I think you'll see this other places in the scriptures. You'll see that the Bible says the spirit of a man sustains his infirmities. Medical professionals, those who study humanity, understand that when someone's will is strong, They can sustain an illness. They can sustain an infirmity, a challenge, a break in their leg, a a sprained knee. Boy, someone who who goes through a difficult time and someone's spirit is weakened. They don't sustain it. And I, I talked to a lady today and I said, goodness, girl, you were on a banana peel three or four times, but you're a strong spirit. You sustain your infirmities. He says, a broken spirit oftentimes is a result of sorrow of heart. Now, dear friend, if you've got sorrow of heart, God can help you with your spirit. Let's look at another concept, and we'll conclude tonight and pick this up later. But let's look real quick at the next verse, chapter 17 and verse number 22. This would be a good verse for you to underline your Bible. Please turn there with me, would you? Let's be a good Bible student. Let's be uh, Berean Christians, noble Christians, not just sitting back and listening. Teenager? Look in your Bible, would you? Get your Bible out in front of you and turn to it and underline this. I thank God for phones, but I like I like Bibles with pages. I think you need to underline a thing or put a little note to yourself there. You won't remember that on your cell phone, but you'll remember this in your Bible. I think it would be a good idea for you to do that. Consider that. It's not a Bible truth. It's just a suggestion for Pastor Wilkerson. I do believe it will be helpful to you. Look at 17, verse 22. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Someone, when your heart's clean, your heart's happy, it's like a medicine to your soul. But a broken spirit drieth the bones. You know what dry bones do? They break. They don't sustain the weight of a body or the weight of a blow. And the Bible tells us that a broken spirit drieth the bones. I'll come back another time and continue this little study here. But I want to encourage you... One of the best ways that you and I can sustain and strengthen our spirit is by simply understanding the greatness of our God and then exercising faith in Him. Well, Pastor, I believe in God. I'm not talking about just believing God. Here's what I think faith means. Faith is trusting God enough to obey Him. Learning to do what He asks you to do. John seventeen seventeen says, a man or a woman who does the doctrine will understand the doctrine if you'll do what you're supposed to do. And I, I think, friends, the, one of the ways we can strengthen our faith and strengthen our spirit is by learning to evaluate how great of a God we have and then do what he asks us to do. It doesn't make sense why I should tithe in the middle of a coronavirus. Why why I might need that money later on. My soul might tell me, hey, that's not a good idea. But you know what the Bible says? We're supposed to tithe off all our increase. I don't care if that's your check or your stimulus gift. Whatever it is, everything ought to be be tithed off. Everything ought to be given off. We ought to be more generous. The more God gives us, the more we ought to give to him and, and to those that need our help. You Pastor, why would you do that? Because God told me to. You know when I feel good about giving? After I give. <laughs> hey, you may not feel like reading your Bible. If you'll read your Bible, you'll feel good after you do it. You may not feel like forgiving somebody. You know when you'll feel good about forgiving? I talked to a man the other day. He said to me, he said, Pastor, I had a built-up resentment against someone. It was bothering me. I was drinking the liquid drain, hoping to hurt my friend who hurt me. He said, but just the other day, I let it go. I took it to God. I asked God to forgive them, forgive me. I prayed for them. I turned my attitude about that to the Lord. And oh, boy, I feel so much better. You know why? Because they obeyed. Anytime we do what God wants us to do, our spirit is strengthened. See, the soul does what is logical and easy. The spirit does what is subject, objective, and hard to do. Say, Pastor, how do I know what to do? You almost do the opposite of what you feel like doing. And you do what God tells you to do. And I think this will strengthen our spirit. It will help us keep our spirit from being broken, keep us from being hasty and haughty, and it will help us be faithful. And faithful spirit also helps us control our mouth. These are just the Bible study. I'm looking forward to sharing a few more thoughts about that in days to come. I want to just speak to you just for a few moments before we leave, if I can. I want to speak just for a few moments. If there's someone listening tonight and you're not sure when life is over, you'd go to heaven. You're not sure that you have peace with God. You're not sure that your sins have been forgiven. You and God are okay. In just a few days, everybody's going to stand before God. You'll not be the exception. I'll not be the exception. Everybody is going to either be with God forever or without Him forever. With Him in heaven or without Him in the lake of fire. God is not willing that anyone would go to the lake of fire, but everyone would need to repent, change their opinion about themselves, their sin, and about the God who offered His Son to pay for sin. Have you accepted Jesus? If you've been watching from the beginning, you heard about Craig's testimony. As a young man, a senior in high school, realizing that he was lost, convicted about his sin, he needed Jesus. He had never prayed before. He needed to come to God by faith and ask Him to save him. Have you done that? You heard the story about Brother David. He got saved as a child and God began to draw his heart back to him. Is God trying to draw your heart back to him? I don't know where you are today. I don't know what situation you're in, but we love you want to help you. During this time when we're live streaming everything, we'd like to talk to you in person. The phone number that you'll see on your screen, you'll hear from my voice if you're listening by way of the radio, is 219-932-0711. I'm going to give it to you one more time. 219 932 0711 would you call us someone is standing by to take your call and to speak to you about a spiritual need If you're not sure if you died to go to heaven, you can know that Right where you are you can believe and receive Jesus Christ You'll need to understand you're a sinner. You deserve hell only Jesus can save you You can come to him in humility and honesty and say Lord, I'm a sinner I deserve hell Please forgive my sin. be merciful to me a sinner. I remember the day I did that. It was the best day of my life and it'll be the best day of your life if you've never been saved. Make sure you accept Jesus Christ. If you need more explanation, would you consider going to the website at fbchammond.com/ salvation. I'll explain it to you a little more in depth. I want you to I want to be clear to you. If you say pastor, I don't need more clarity. I know what I need to do why don't you bow your head, close your eyes and say to the Lord, God, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. Right now, the best way I know how, I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone to save me. No one else can do it. I can't save myself. I trust Jesus. I accept your gift of eternal life. Save me from my sin. Make me your child. Oh, dear friend, if you meant it, God means it. He loves you and He wants you to have eternal life with Him. If you prayed and accepted the Lord as your Savior, we'd like to help you. We have a booklet called Understanding Salvation. I want to give it to you. We'll send it to you as soon as we know your address. Get it to you to help you in your new life with Jesus Christ. Write to us, email us, or call us right now. Let us help you with that. God bless you, friends. I want to thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night. We miss you. But I am so thankful for the work that God is doing in our world presently. Be a part of it. Don't just sit and watch the world go by. Join in prayer and in participation. Provide your presence. Provide your encouragement. Reach out to someone. Speak to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Encourage another believer. Give aggressively. Give aggressively. Serve faithfully even in this time. I know God will be honored and be glorified.